Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm tonight's host, Chris Bowds, and tonight I'm joined by a star lineup, two of the best, I'd have to say. Uh, the Freight Drain, Kieran Haran. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Good stuff. And uh, Sormanbot, Sormani, Chris Sormani. That's me. Thanks for having me again. Always good to have you, sir. So, gentlemen, um, it's the day after the final of the Euros. I think we're all the, the finest uh, football tournament that we have ever seen. Um, what was our take on the final, Chris Armani? It was pretty dull. Um, <clears throat> I was saying I was in a pub watching it last night, and although when you're in a pub and you're watching a game, a lot of the time you're talking to other people, it seemed as if... That people weren't paying that much attention to it. Um, Portugal sat in to kind of spoil the game, done that well. France's uh, France's attacking talent's been on display during the tournament, but they were really just ineffective last night. Um, I mean, Deschamps, some of the decisions he's made and some of the, the the tactical choices, and you know, playing Pogba in the position they did last night was kind of. Head scratching, do you know what I mean? But overall, it was just a it was just a boring game to watch. I mean, see, I mean, you'd never have picked Portugal to win this tournament at the start. Well, I know Christian did, but that was pure luck on his part. But it was, you know, even you know where they finished in their group, the, the performances they've put in, it, it, it just kind of summed up how crap the tournament was that they managed to win it. Um, you know. The fine, as you say, the finest football tournament we've ever seen. I don't think many people will be kind of sorry to see the back of it, you know. Seven games for Portugal and only one win in 90 minutes as well. Group stages, drew all three. And the worst for me as well, from what I remember, was when they were drawn three each were hungry. And there was about two or three minutes left. And the two Hungarian defenders just stood and passed each other. They must have put about 15 passes together. No pressure from Portugal because both of them were happy to go through. Portugal were happy to go through as third. They weren't even interested in trying to win the game and go second in case they lost it. And then they would have been out because a lot of uh, defeat put them out. Mm. But I them in. And the way it looks, uh, I think as well, the way it looked, out of the four third place uh, teams that went through, they were the worst. So technically out of the 16 teams that made it to the last the last 16, they were the worst team of it. Mm. But yet, and then they ended up winning it. So it, uh, it just shows you with the way they've expanded it has kind of ruined it a little bit. You've seen, we've seen it with the group stages. The... Um, a lot of teams, the minute they had their, the 1-1 one, one under the belt, they were happy just to sit in and just scrape out draws that the, the four, to get that fourth point, which may have taken through, but a three, a three points was probably still enough. And it just nullified a lot of the games and they were very boring and teams just sitting in. And even the star, even the star teams, the big teams couldn't break the teams down and it affected their play, their play as well because then they started kind of playing quite relatively poor as well. Mm-hmm. So they did. Um, so... So, you think the format had a lot to do with that, Kim? I think it did. I think the fact of there was more teams going through to the next level, because usually it's top two and that's it. So it's a proper fight for the top two, and then even it's a bigger fight to get to the to win the group as well. But you've just seen it. I mean, some of the small teams were able to just kind of hold out for draws and get themselves through with four points. So, what they should have did, <laughs> expanded it further, 32... Yeah, then it's still the top two of each group. Scotland somehow managed to maybe qualify for a tournament, and you don't have this problem, or is that just too big? That possibly too big. I mean, what is us? 
Well, that'd be half of Europe now, isn't it? Because it's now because the Kosovo have now been um, in, put into the World Cup qualifiers, and I think that's now eight groups of six. It's mm. all full because we used to have kind of like, nine groups. Actually, nine groups. Nine groups but I know it's I know it's now full six for everyone. The, the last group that had had five, mm-hmm. they've now taken that point. So, I I think you're right, Boud, because I think the, the quality is always going to drop when you allow lesser teams in, and I know teams like. Northern Ireland and Wales and, and, and such like done well um, but you know overall the quality of the tournament dropped because of the extra teams that came in I think if you're going to expand it you have to do that so that there's a that third place qualifying thing was a lot of nonsense that really was the biggest the, 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 the biggest stupid yeah. was kind of incentive the to not play yeah yeah it, it basically uh, meant that for the, the group stages for a lot of teams were kind of an afterthought. You know, there, there was not much of an event there. As you say, you get one one under their belt, they're practically there. So you had a lot of meaningless group games. If you'd expanded it further, as you say, Scotland might have got there as well, which would have been which would have been great. But it would have meant that, you know, the cream of the group would have would have got there. We would have also had a lot of more teams getting there. So you'd have got that whole thing about smaller teams going to a big event, which is good. But at the same time, it wouldn't have had this farcical situation where you've got a lot of crap games and you've got people qualifying in third place. And I get I mean, no disrespect to Iceland and Hungary, but Portugal came behind those two teams to fall into third as well. It was hardly a group of death with an Italy and a France and all these teams in front of them. Um, do we think that Portugal were deserved winners, or they deserved winners because they won the thing? Is it ridiculous to ask that question? They will always say, argue, well, we deserved to win it because we were, we defended well, we scored goals when needed to, and we won, we won the games. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you won the games to win, to get to the top and win the prize. But <clears throat> people argue they kind of wait. I mean, they didn't play negatively. I mean, it wasn't like parking the bus, like, one mob we know that did it before to get to a final where they just eat out penalty shoots out after penalty shoots. Hmm. Um, but because I mean, um, Portugal do have quite an offensive um set of players. I mean, that Nani, Quaresma, Ronaldo, uh, the Jao Mario was really, really good as well, and the boy Sanchez. So, going forward, they are good, they just seemed very, very well in defense. I mean. I know they were at one point they were saying they said Pepe was like fantastic last night, um, but he didn't really put too much effort wrong. He was kind of cleared everything away, but um, the him and Font seem to have kind of got a kind of semi decent partnership together, um, and the keeper's quite good as well. He was still at it with the whole. <laughs> oh my face! Oh, oh. Pepe will always do that, but, but I mean Pepe's everybody hates Pepe, oh, but you don't play at Real Madrid for the length of time he has without being a good player. Um, People don't like the histrionics and the rolling about, but he's, he is a quality player. Um, and you come back to the point you said, did they deserve to win it? Well, it's difficult. Quite often, you know, you could maybe pinpoint another team and say, no, they deserve to win it. But nobody did. I mean, France, Griezmann was good and, and stuff like that, but even their performances were disjointed. Um, Germany barely turned up. It's great past Italy. Uh, and then they were fairly comfortably beaten by France, so it doesn't. I've no really any complaints about it because there's not another team there that I thought would have been deserving winners. Uh, talking about Italy, I think they looked like one of the better teams, but obviously they didn't get far enough with the game against Germany for you to yeah shout about how they should have. I think um, if they'd went with a fully fit midfield, if they'd taken Verratti, Marquisio, and if 
even if De Rossi had stayed fit, I think it could have been different. The one thing they really were missing was a quality forward. Um, I mean, Graziano Pelle, you know, he works hard, but he's he's very limited, and he's off to China as well. For that, he was revealed today, wasn't he? Aye, um, that's scandalous. I mean, the money, the guy is—he's clearly going for the money. It's ridiculous figures they're paying for players, but to have came off came off the back of a tournament like that, and then he moved to. Uh, China does smack of a lack of ambition, you know. Um, but the, the the point you made about Italy, I do think if they had one good forward and they had all their midfielders available for selection, then they absolutely, I think, could have went all the way and that would have been probably down to Conte, who tactically proved himself to be the best manager at the tournament, I would say. I think, I think that they were overrunning midfield by Germany, but I think a lot to that to do with that was De Rossi not being fit. Because you saw it happened against Spain as well. When he went off injured and they put Mota in his place, they started to kind of take over the midfield. Whereas before that, Italy looked really comfortable. So Italy were a bit unlucky. Um, but that's, they, they, you know, it's a squad game. Their squad was really thin. That's why they went out, do you know what I mean? And um, talked about Griezmann there. Um, who do we think player of the tournament was? I mean, for the first couple of games, I thought Pai was fantastic. Um, I thought he did really well, and I think at times it was him that kind of dragged France through the games that got them the kind of results. Um, I think there wasn't really many. I mean, Griezmann boy is the one that does kind of stand out that I can remember. I can't really remember. The Perisic with Croatia, there was a couple of times, one or two games, he was really, really good for them, so he was. Um, and then they kind of faltered, I think it was against Poland. Boom, put him out. And then kind of, they didn't, didn't really perform. They just, after doing well in the group stages, then to get to the next, that, they're now 16 and then kind of didn't really perform. I think um, if you're looking at it performance wise, it, it was only really defenders that stood out for me. I mean, um, the young boy, the young fullback for Germany, he didn't look very good against France. Uh, Kimmich, is that his name? He impressed me. Um, um, Titi played well for France as well. Um, Kishelny. Two of them were great against Germany. The UV backline, as much as I dislike Juventus as a club, but the three of them and yeah. Buffon were absolutely outstanding. Um, and Pepe and, and Fonte, you know, the, the that sums the tournament up for me. You know, Williams as well played well for, for Wales. It was essentially a, def- a defensive tournament. And these guys stood out, but nobody really ever picks a defender as their player of the tournament because it's... Shite, it's boring. But they, they, these are the guys that performed to the highest level for me. What's the What's the Portugal keeper's name? Plays for Sporting Lisbon. Rui Patricio. Patricio. Uh, he 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 was good as well. I quite I thought he had a good tournament. Um, I was quite I was quite I uh, enjoyed the Wales games. I thought Wales did very well. I thought they they played very kind of compact, very kind of organised. But going forward, they were still a threat um, and I mean the, bo- the, bo- the Belgian game that was, it wasn't like a smash and grab I mean it was a oh. proper they, 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 they did take them to down so they didn't um, and that was even without no that's what it was that was with Ramsey because it was he missed because I think it's the main, main reason why Port- the Portugal beat them was the fact they missed Ramsey because Ramsey was fantastic throughout the tournament for them he actually well, he didn't quite outshine Bale but he seemed to be more effective mm. than what Bale was when it came to the kind of Welsh performances so um it was really good to watch them um, see them to go so far and it was just quite unlucky they just couldn't quite make it to the final. Do you think they could have uh, done France in the final? I mean, 
it's weird thinking about that and slagging Portugal for all their performances and things like that. But I imagine if they'd got past Portugal, I just couldn't see Wales doing that. Do you know what I mean? No, I think you'd, you'd imagine that with it being an actual final of a tournament, then France would kind of kind of shine more because they've been there before. Mm. But um, I mean, but it's been thirty four years since Wales were a tournament as well, and it didn't look like it. They looked like they knew what they were doing, and um, they weren't scared, and they were. Putting in performances, but um, fifty eight years since they've been. Oh, was it fifty? Yeah, nineteen fifty eight. I think it may. So. I mean, in hindsight, we could say maybe it could have been a more exciting final with Wales and France. But then they may have got there and they just Wales just maybe were, were just sat in um, and it left it to France to try and come at them. So you can always say yeah or nay, but um, it would have been it would have been nice, been quite nostalgic to see Wales get into the get into the final. No, Rooney. No, not taking Rooney in the team of the tournament. Not no. mentioned England so far. Yeah. Underrated. <laughs> it's, it's hard work rate. <laughs> they were shocking. Oh, it was great, great watching that. So it was <laughs> fantastic. And, that, and again with Iceland, it wasn't a smash and grab. It was again two good goals within the space of six minutes. Mm. And then afterwards, it was just a kind of controlled, <laughs> organised performance. Um, and England just did not have the quality to break them down. Another uncharacteristic error from the king of uncharacteristic errors, Joe Hart. I mean, that guy's the press he gets is fucking ludicrous. I mean, he makes mistakes like that all the time, and and he doesn't get called out for it. And you wonder if Guardiola's going to, you know, we're going to stand for it. Um, obviously, when he takes he, he takes over City, man, but it's the guys. The, I don't I don't rate him at all as a goalkeeper, Joe Hart. I really. I don't get Foster and um, Foster. I think are better keepers than him, but he seems to be the man that's in in possession in the jail. He's the golden boy. Um, I was gonna. You touched on Pogba, which I think was. Do we think France would have uh, potentially won had they played him more offensively as opposed to ha- having him as this kind of more defensive element in the midfield? Um, has he suffered due to how well Pai he's done, do you think? Wasn't it so much even that? It was it was Sosoko. I mean Sosoko had a fantastic final. Um and I think he even played well in the semi final as well. Um so he kind of kept because I I think what you would have probably expected would be Brog Pogba to step forward and Griezmann to play out wide. But I don't even think Griezmann plays out wide for Atletico either. I think Griezmann does seem to put the middleman behind Torres. So technically you've got Griezmann or Pogba fighting for the same position. And it seems as if he favoured Griezmann over Pogba, um, and just kind of slotted Pogba back. But he was Pogba. I mean, Conte made a point last night. Pogba is not the kind of player that makes the kind of killer pass. He's the one who likes to drive forward with the ball. He's the one who likes to drive at the box. He wants to wants to make make chances, score goals. Um, he's not that kind of like yeah, like a Steven Gerrard where he's kind of sitting in the kind of bottom of midfield, kind of pinging these killer passes. Um, so I, I think it did kind of affect the team a little bit, but you, you see that with some of the... I mean, was it, so did somebody not call out Deschamps? Zidane did did called out Deschamps for almost being a racist because they wouldn't pick Algerian players. And you've got people like Ben Arthur, who who's just signed for PSG, who had a fantastic season for Marseille, um, wasn't included in the team. And I, as well, the, I thought Benzema was refused to play be, be selected by the uh, France FA, but I think it was Deschamps that said he wasn't going. Is that not because of this? Well, I, I, but I think he's used that as an excuse, but that's why they kind of still try to call him out because of, again, another Algerian that hasn't been selected. I, I kind of really, I, I don't know about you, I can't comment. I don't know enough about that, but I don't know, it sounds a bit... 
think it's just I, I just think he's shite Deschamps I think he's tactically naive I mean look at the squad you know I mean you can rhyme off the players he's playing I know Suzuko had a good final and stuff like that but I mean he'd have Kante in there before him any day of the week he's but so he was so ineffective for for Newcastle for most of the seasons and but it did work because he was probably one of the better players last night in the final. He was the one who was actually driving forward and taking the ball and getting past the defence. If I choose F.A. Ambrose to play for Celtic as manager and he has a good game, does it make me a good manager? That's not going to happen. I know. F.A.'s leaving soon. That's, that's the reason that's not happening. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm plan B if Rodgers doesn't work, just so you're aware. Because we need to go for the very cheap option. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm the new dialer. Which I don't, I don't know quite what that means, but let's no, chew that over. Hunters are boozing and shagging. That's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to that in a wee minute. Then you're clearly the opposite direction of Diana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm half of that. Yeah, you're half of um, the boozing part. <laughs> so I don't want to go through all the Twitter questions, but there was one in relation to the Euros. Just a <coughs> oh, Jesus, I'll, I'll try this. Uh, Barry Eustace, uh, Eustachio, nineteen eighty. What positions do we think still need freshened up and any potential targets from the Euros? So basically, is there anyone from the Euros? Um, I know the guys covered this last week, but uh, we're full of shite. So what do you guys think? <laughs> we need a central midfielder, badly. Um, and I can't think it. MDR one, we can't afford, so... Pogba's probably not as dominating as you'd like, so he's out, or... I've ah, been tainted playing for, for Juventus as well, so no, I wouldn't... I want to let him soil our club. Um, there has been a lot of people just saying he's not, because he's been linked, obviously, with Man U and England and 100 million, and mm. it's just a lot of uh, criticism of Pogba. Um, I think based on the fact that he's had a relatively poor tournament, played out of position. Well, I mean, with Pogba, I mean, again, he plays for Juventus, and so automatically I shouldn't like the guy. But, I mean, watching Italian football, you've watched Italian football as well. I mean, you've seen him in the level he performs at for Juventus. He's, he's a fantastic player. But a lot of people, I think, are basing it on this tournament and the semi-final that they had, uh, the, sorry, the final of the Champions League when they played Barcelona, um, where he wasn't particularly great either, and they've written him off. Now, the, the, the thing is, if he comes to Man United... You know, and he's utilised in the way that he can be. They'll, they'll probably see. So I, I, I don't really buy into a lot of the, the opinions of a lot of the, the press in this country because, simply put, they've not seen enough of the guy. Do you know what I mean? In saying that, 120 million quid. He's still rough. He's still raw. He's still. He's not. I, I've spoken about this in the past. I mean, he, he's he's 23. He's still got a lot to learn. He's got all the tools to be one of the best players in the world. But you're paying 120 million quid for a guy who is still developing. I wouldn't do it personally. I think that's that's you'd maybe half that. I think, but yeah. But is that a question? Not so much of Pogba isn't worth that. It's just more the market's crazy. And if you think of anyone that could potentially be considered one of the best players in the world, mm. who's 23 years old, mm -hmm. surely in the modern market, that's where that's where his price point is. Sure, no, I understand. That you know, the the market drives the value of a player. But, I mean, I'm looking at it from, like, a kind of sensible financial point of view. I suppose if you've just got money to burn, you'll just say, I'll take it, because there's no consequences to it, especially if you're coming from an English club. But if you look at it, 
Juventus sell them for, say they sell them for 120 million. They're not as rich as English clubs. They'll look at that and think, we could build a team for this money. You know what I mean? Whereas if you were looking at it from the same perspective, you think, no, I'm not going to pay that because I could buy four players for that who are going to be much more effective than he is. So uh, it probably is the market driving it. It's the English market that they can spend this, or the Chinese market, where they can spend this amount of money. But, I mean, come on, that's just stupid money for the guy. The thing as well is, he's going back to the club that he kind of was brought through as a youngster. So you're kind of looking about, well, hold on, you didn't, you couldn't develop him to the full when you had him. Yep. And you decided to get rid of him. So somebody else is developing, he's going to come back. And like you say, he's still raw, he's still got more to learn. Are they confident that, that Man United can teach him further when they couldn't teach him it back when he was 19, well, well 17, 18? What's, what's the difference now? I mean, obviously, there'll be the, the, the coaching staff is different. All that's not who Ferguson had, but... You've got to kind of wonder if he got if they pay all that money he goes back, could he slightly slide backwards again because he's not. I don't know if it was so much Man U weren't in a position to develop him. It was just that Juventus were more willing to say, you know, you're going to get first team games. Whereas um, well, Man United put him out Man on loan. They put him out on loan. I'm sure I remember him. Um, was not Stoke. Pogba Stoke. I'm going to Google. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's a belter of a pub quiz question, <laughs> if that's true. He's definitely he's been on loan so. somewhere. They put him out on loan, and then they came back, and then they decided just to sell him. Ferguson, I mean, I don't care what Ferguson says in his book. He, he made an absolute arse of that. He blames his agent for it. But, I mean, Pogba quotes that Callum Cup game, I think it was against Blackburn, where they played Raphael in midfield in front of him. And, I mean, let's be perfectly honest... Playing a right back at that point, you know, in front of him, you can understand why, especially a guy as ambitious as he was, mm-hmm. would think, what, what, what am I doing here? Um, I think, I think, I don't think Ferguson realised the potential of the guy. You know, if he's listening, you can phone up and correct, phone up. You can, <laughs> you can tweet in and correct us, but I, I, I think he probably didn't quite realise the potential of the guy, and and, and made a bit of a mess here. Do you know what I mean? So I was going to say as well. Well, I've actually just answered my own question. He's coming back and he's in this, almost the same position as Rooney. So it's the two of them fighting for the number 10 role. However, within the last two or three months of the Man United, Rooney's played, I mean, even for England, he's played even deeper. He's almost played as an actual central midfielder. So hmm. maybe if Paul Bar arrived, Paul Bar would be the number 10 behind Zlatan. Um, and then I imagine that Zlatan, Pogba behind him, Rooney behind him. There's a lot of egos in that dressing room now. No, he, he wasn't at Stoke. Wasn't he? He played three games for Man United and then went straight to Juventus. Didn't go on loan anywhere? Man, you got him from Le Havre. Nonsense. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Well, it's about time I got something wrong. Um, Unless Wikipedia's wrong, you know, which it could be. <laughs> well, I, you know I'm what? starting I to doubt Wikipedia now. I would trust Keon before Wikipedia. <laughs> well, one of the listeners may have went in quickly and amended it. Oh, but they can't hear us, so that's not right, is it? Freetopedia yes. hey. <laughs> says Stoke, that's what I'm going with. Um, and just officially, Chris Armani's opinion on Alex Ferguson as a manager, he's shit. That's what I <laughs> That's it, I mean, he might have won three Champions Leagues, but, you know, that was pure luck. Be, his entire career is based on how he handled the Paul Pogba situation, if you ask me. Yep, um, it's not the only one I got wrong. Uh, so, that was the Euros... Um, that moth, what about that, eh? That's a bit of bants. <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo's moth bants. How many followers has it got? 
uh, at 3,000 last night. Oh I don't God. know. See, that's, you always get these Twitter accounts like the ATM machine at T in the park. <laughs> and, you know, oh, this is hilarious. And then two weeks later, people are like, nah, you want to bin that? That's, that's dead. Do you know what I mean? That that moment's passed. Man. And uh, listeners tomorrow will probably be thinking that very thing. <laughs> uh, aye, but any other thoughts on the Euros before we, we move swiftly on? No. No? Pretty mince. Aye, it was a bit of a shame to win, wasn't it? Aye, it was. But they, they mostly always are. I think they, I think they always have been. Hmm. I'm just thinking back over the last like three or four that I actually can properly remember. Oh shame! You always get excited as well. Oh, summer of football. It's going to be this, that, and then most of the time you're just like, this is push. You can't wait for it to end, basically. <laughs> uh, I have right. to watch these games, and I don't enjoy any of them. Get right back into the proper stuff. Champions League qualifiers and that, you know? Come on. Going to exotic destinations like Gibraltar. The Rock. Um, Well, we'll move on to Celtic. First of all, we'll have a little musical interlude and uh, we'll join in a wee minute.
So I'm sure that was an absolutely fantastic piece of music there. Excellent choice by myself at the back. Um, so uh, we're fast approaching our first competitive game of the season. Um, we've caught bits and pieces of the, the pre-season build-up. Obviously very hard to make any judgments. And uh, Brendan's quite a fan of changing the entire team. Uh, but of what we've seen, what we're thinking so far, who's... Who's impressing? Do we have any idea what you think Brendan's going to be doing with those players? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what I've noticed, and uh, here it comes, the famous Sunmanny negativity, apparently. Um, no, I mean, see, in terms of when Brown and Beaton have been in the midfield, it's kind of just reminded me of what was it was like under Dyla's tenure. Mm-hmm. I think when Armstrong and, and McGregor have played in there at times you've seen there's more urgency in getting the ball forward, which for me is more um reminiscent of Rogers' style when he when he was at Swansea and he, he was at Liverpool. I see I see the two of them as a problem. Um Rogers has said um Britain Br- is a problem. Hmm? Britain, Brown Bitton. Ah, Britain. I like that. Um, but Rogers has said before he came, oh, I know who Scott Brown is. I'm a, I've been a fan of him, uh, watching him from afar. Um, but I can't see, and I know this will probably upset his number one. Well, in fact, did, I don't know if he ever retracted it after getting torn into him after the the semi final. But it, it just it just seems as if that partnership doesn't work. Um, and, and Rogers has explicitly said that he rates Scott Brown, so whether he it seems as if he's going to be one of the two midfielders. Beaton as well, I mean, there's no it doesn't seem to be that much urgency. Now I know you can't read anything into preseason friendlies. They're just fitness exercises. But we've seen them perform like that last season. The worry is we're going to have them two in there on name alone. And the style that he he's looking to implement, you know, might not happen. Um but I, I mean other than that, in the pre-season games, there's not really much you can tell, do you know what I mean? They're just... I mean, we're playing against, you know, Slovenian teams, Maribor and um, Ljubljana. Um, they're closer to the start of their season. I think they start next week. So their, their fitness levels were a bit higher than ours. So I think we equipped ourselves fairly well against relatively decent teams, but there's not really much else you can, you can say so far. Yeah, I mean... I mean, from... It- Remember from Saturday, there wasn't anything. There was not many chances. There wasn't uh, a lot, a lot of chances created either. But I mean, it was literally almost a game of two halves because they played one team, and then it was quite funny to see the hill. There was about eight players at the sideline waiting to be subbed on. Mm. So it was just like kind of proper. T- However, the second there did seem to be a bit more of an intensity and a bit more of a pace and directness with this with the second lot that came on. And but then as no, there was no surprise that that. It's all, that's almost like the second string. A lot of those players, we wouldn't class as well. They weren't first teamers last year, but then, like Rogers has said, it's a clean slate for absolutely everyone. So everyone was trying to impress. However, I think the second batch seemed to impress a little bit more. Uh, what what that wasn't quite liking from Saturday was Griffiths' position. It seemed to have pushed him out wide right with Dembele up top. Mm. So we've seen Griffiths in the wing before and he's not quite as effective no. as he has been up top. Um, so technically, I mean, if Dembele and Griffiths have both to play, they're going to have to play together. Uh, uh, together. So Is Griffiths, 
Griffiths would then be kind of, as a two. Obviously, with Griffiths would probably drop down and kind of work around him. But then that means you're then sacrificing your number ten. Really, that means just Rogic, who I thought, in fact, I thought as well on Saturday he was he was good. I I mean he's fantastic. <coughs> I mean, I think it was a Marek was Smith and they were saying like making a point of the team should almost be built around Rogic now. That, that's I would agree. I mean, I've said this well before. I think others others have mentioned it. This is the first time he's got a proper pre-season with us. See if he can iron out the the only real question mark you've got about him. His stamina. See if he's able to last ninety minutes on a regular basis. A proper pre-season behind him. What a player you've got in your hands. Do you know what I mean? He's much. He's much more. You know, his his technique, his his goal scoring ability, his passing ability. We don't have. We've got a number of players that can play that number ten role, but nobody as good as he is. And that, as I said, it's still, if, if, if still the stamina thing that kind of stops him from being, you know, a top top level player. If he can work that out, and that might be one thing that Rogers has with him is, is that kind of whole stamina. Because I think it's mentioned before he wants. He wants his players fit because they're going to have to play at high intensity. They're going to be high, high pacing game, mm. which I think did, does that not dialect come out of when he said the first one arrived? He would play a very high pacing, high intensity game, and that lasted about six months, and then it kind of slowed down. Six weeks. And, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you could see that it wasn't quite as much there, because um, obviously, well, I mean, it's Chris. Chris Commons never travelled, did he? Rogers, I can't get the ones out there. Rogers, basically, I think. And I laid down an ultimatum to him saying, well, you know, you know, Chris Collins is a player, I don't know if he'll be able to kind of fit into the style. Sorry, fit into the style that I'm uh, I'm looking for, essentially saying, Well, oh. you sit in your arse. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have the work rate, didn't have the work rate for the style that Dyla wanted to implement. And if Rogers is wanting to implement, you know, this, a similar sort of style, he's getting no chance from Yeah, okay, I did think, I, I did remember after the last season. I think he'd get. He'd said, come out and say that he'd got himself a program put together by the fitness team, so that when they were actually on their holidays, he was actually wanting to get himself do fitness, so that he didn't lose. It. Well, not when I say lose any fitness, not I mean, but he also had to, had to have a head start to build it up for yeah. hitting pre-season because obviously he wants to try and get be part of Rogers' plans. Um, but I don't know how that kind of worked out. I don't know if he thought shaving his hair might help him, you know, go a bit faster. Dynamic. Um, they get vantage, pal. But I, uh, I mean, I don't no, really he got his there. head shaved because when he goes to Hibs, he's going to be on less money, so he's got <laughs> less <laughs> product. <laughs> exactly, he's going to make a killing in savings. We, we, Is there we, a lot of truth in that? No, I'd, I'd heard that the, the rumours was that he was going to Hibs and Henderson was going back and loan. I haven't heard anything else about it, but. Um, Is that just that it's Lenin? So I, I'd be surprised if he went there money-wise. Do you know what I mean? It's just... I, what? I think Chris Commons could get an all-right side in England if he uh, really wanted to. It's not oh, I could probably get a championship team. Um, get a maybe lower level. Uh, but... There's, I mean, there's so many players. I mean, like you said, the, the, the games have not been too good. Um, and there are people like, obviously, Henderson. I, don't, I, I can't really remember him playing many of the game. I don't think he would have come, well, come on on Saturday, but um, I'm not sure the kind of other games. But um, I take it he's obviously playing putting Ayer as a centre half because he played he played the first two games at centre half, didn't he? In fact, I think he's played all the games. Yeah, and he looks really comfortable in the ball. Um, and he's tall. some size. Oh, boy. I never noticed how tall he was. <coughs> yeah, he's. I mean, 
the size of him, you know, you automatically think, you know, he, he, he could play at centre half. But when you see what he's like in the ball, he could perform in central midfield as well, given his, his technique. The fact is, he's 17, but he already looks as if, you know, he could play an, make an impact and maybe not play all the time, but certainly make a contribution to the team over the season, you know. And maybe he's maybe just try to kind of earmark him as kind of backup in centre half um, or midfield, and then he'll play be more of a kind of squad player, not play as much um, starting off with. Mm. Just going back to talking a little bit about fitness there and training, um, there's a comment and the will fast on WhatsApp if we could ask it, uh, and the Galatron retweeted Ilko Marco or Ilko Marco. Um, who was commenting on a Celtic Football Club tweet. So he said, pretty much confirming my beliefs, the players have chucked under Ronnie. The quote is from Scott Brown. The training has been phenomenal since the gaffer came in. All the lads are buying into it. A smile back on everybody's faces. Is that a regurgitated comment from when Dialapoy arrived two years ago? <laughs> when they first came in as well and everybody was saying it was, it was good and they were looking forward to it. Yeah, but does that does that tell you what was going on under Ronnie? Does that mean that well they weren't bought into training under Ronnie and they weren't given their, their all? I think that's clear to see. I've, I've, as the second season kind of kicked in, mm. um, like you said, the, the fitness level. Cause I'm sure we used to we were in the first season. We kind of commented on how Scott Brown's levels, but he always had it. But Johansson. After after halfway through the first season, Johansson's levels were a lot higher, and he was like a night again, like similar to Scott Brown, like the eighty fifth minute, he was busting into busting forward to press the, the game down. However, in the second the second season, but that might be to do with obviously Johansson's format dipped in the second half the second season, and he wasn't putting as much effort. That kind of for me throughout the rest of the team, you could you could see that there was a kind of wee bit of a yard off of that high press and that kind of intensity that they seem to have lost between the first and the second seasons. Um, that one month period they had it. Aye, that golden period for Dylan. I think, um, I mean, I think it's fairly obvious that Rogers, given his recent history in England, is going to command more respect than a guy who came from Norwegian football, you know. Norway in general, I don't really respect any of them, if I'm honest. There's... You're absolutely it's right. Whether it's Christian Wolf or Ronnie Dyla. <laughs> Ronnie Dyla. <laughs> two Norwegians. <laughs> two Norwegians that we have experience of. Um it's clear that he's going to command more respect. But I mean, I think it's I think it's um it would be remiss to say that the players just chucked it there was a revolt against them. I mean if I mean Dyla must have had some responsibility to motivate them in some way. And we've heard rumour. We heard rumours during the season last year that there was the dressing room was in revolt. They didn't buy into Dyla's ideas or whatever. But I also subsequently have heard rumours that Dyla was enjoying life in Glasgow a wee bit too much. Um, perhaps wasn't as committed as um, as we thought, and you know, when his commitment to the whole you know ethos that he was going to bring didn't really happen. So. I, I don't really know where the blame lies, do you know what I mean? It's, it, it would be dead easy to say they chucked it under Dyla when we don't know. I mean, it could very conceivably be that Dyla just, you know, he, he couldn't cope with it. I think he's kind of admitted that to an extent when he left, that the job was too big for him. But perhaps when doing that, he kind of maybe hid a bit 
and he didn't throw himself in as much as he could. Who knows, we're guessing here, but I think it would be unfair to say that they merely chucked it under dial. I think we could just say that it didn't work and good luck. Ian? That's just a nod. Yeah, I am kind of uh, agree with you as well. You can... They did, I mean, they did with a... I mean, getting over the line as well, we kind of... Some of the performances just kind of was like, we're just trying to get the season over and done with. And I think the biggest person for that, and I'm the biggest fan was at the time, was Bitton. I thought towards the last two or three months, he just looked like he just didn't want to be there. He was just strolling about. He's like, I'm just going to play the rest of this season out and then I'm going to bugger off. Um, and it kind of... It kind of eat about any of the rest of the performances because some of the other players didn't kind of almost get lost as well. So, um, but I think was it Lustig came out as well. I think Alfred Dyer, no, no surprise, Alfred Dyer came out and said that Dyer wasn't strong enough. I think he actually was commenting that Dyer wasn't strong enough in the, in the dressing room, and that's why a lot of the performances were down because it sounds like as if he was undermined by some of the players, which we've kind of had a kind of inkling that it would be for some of the senior players. Um, uh, just I mean, enough was enough, and he kind of had to go. Um, and it's kind of worked out for the best. I mean, we're glad we got orders. I mean, they could have, could have been a case of they kind of stuck with it. Maybe they had them in our year. We probably would never get a player manager of this size. Well, when we say this size, I mean, Rogers has never really been successful when it comes to trophies, but he is successful in the way he plays football, and it's exciting to watch. Which is what we've been crying out for. We've been kind of saying, well, we're getting the results. But we're not getting the performances with it. We need both. So this is where Rodgers can bring in his performances up in Scottish football where Celtic should be pretty dominant. So they should be able to win the games and now start to kind of put the performance in there to win the games and obviously it may make it more exciting for us to watch as fans. He's the highest profile manager we could have got, bar maybe Moyes. So I think... I think we're all delighted, clearly, you know. And, and I think we Moise, Moise stay off it, but we're glad it's Rogers and not Moise. I, I would have said, I would have felt Moise was more realistic um, when the, both those names were getting getting named, to be honest. Mm. I think Rogers is actually a higher profile manager than Moise. Just now, considering where Moise's stock has went, maybe. Well, the two of them, the two of them have had arguably the two top jobs in England in the last three years. And the fact is that we've got one of them and, you know, I think we probably could have got Moyes if we'd made a push for it. Um, so, I mean, we had to play on the Celtic connection for the two of them, you know. Um, but, I mean, in terms of style of play, Rogers is more pleasing in the eye, without a doubt. But I made the point before and I, I probably still think that Moyes would be a higher guarantee of success. I think... Just in it is that more... Yeah, it's more rigid, it's more organised. I mean, it might not be as pleasing in the eye, but if you were to tell me, we, you have to pick a manager to get us through the Champions League qualifiers. You know, I think both of them could do it, but I think I would favour Moyes doing it over Rodgers, just, just the way his style is, I think. But at the same time, he probably wouldn't be as excited going to see Celtic if Moyes was the manager. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, on the training question, you're both wrong. Uh, the players are a disgrace. Just sack them all, other than Gordon, Tierney, we'll keep Ayer because he's just in, and then Belly. And then we just need to build around those four. The rest of them can get to. They're a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. So, 
Fair uh, enough. I just thought I'd, thought I'd give my opinion on one question. Uh, so, yes, so tomorrow or tonight, uh, depending on your listening, uh, we will be going to Gibraltar uh, to play um, Lincoln FC Red Imps or whatever they're called. I don't know if they're all in the right order. I've not added any random hard Gs in there. Um, what is our feeling on lineup? If uh, you were Brendan Rogers, Kieran, if he was so lucky, uh, who would who would your starting eleven be for this this game? And then, yeah, in fact, we can expand on it later. Um, well, so you're Gordon and goals. I would I would go with Yanko because Yanko's had more game time than Lustig. Lustig's obviously been the Euros and with the slight they picked up a slight injury and he was at Euros because I think he came on Saturday, didn't he? Got a funny feeling I've seen him appear on Saturday. Um, so maybe he's kind of back fit, but Yanko seems to have done quite well um, with a couple of games of pre-season in there. Um, Sviachenko, and you got to get it to IR, you just, you just can't have that bomb scare in there. I mean, I know it's Gibralt- a Gibraltar team, but he might think he's fucking Beckenbauer again because <laughs> he's playing a small team. Um, Tealing at the back as well. Um, I'd probably just keep with Brown, Bittler and Brown um, as it's kind of two... Two sitters. Um, is he going to play four two three one? Well, that's what it looked like in Saturday because it looked like because you had Brown and Bit on, and then you had Griffiths, Johansson, and Christie. Yeah, the three, and then when Johansson got injured, he brought in McGregor, um, and McGregor I think played kind of further forward as well. Um, who I, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a key player next year or this year coming. McGregor, McGregor. yeah, there was he kind of kicked in towards the end of last season, but again, you're just not quite sure what his position is, whether it's centre midfield or whether it's out in the wing. Um, mm. But uh, I so I mean I was stuck with Brown and Bitton. Um, Uh, I'd go with Rodgers Rodgers would, Rodgers would be in behind Griffiths I wouldn't play Dembele just now because I'd, well, I'd, I don't know anything about Dembele um, I've not seen anything I've, I've just heard the comments coming from some kind of play, ex-players like Dan and a few others saying he's, a, he's got a lot of potential in him and I'm quite surprised he went to a team well a team like Celtic but to Celtic um, but I wouldn't put him in quite just yet I'd give, I'd give it to Griffiths Um um, and I would have trying to remember some of the players. <laughs> Roberts, I'd have Roberts in the right eye. I was going to say Roberts. I'd probably go with Roberts, Rodic, and Christie in the left. Because Christie has had a lot of game time, and I think he's looked quite sharp and looked quite good. Mm. Um, I mean, no disrespect. I mean, it is Gibraltar. I mean, it, I mean, it could be the level of the championship in Scotland. So, well, well, that's we say that. I mean, we, I don't think that. And obviously, you should never underestimate your opposition. But um, they've obviously got past the the um, Lithuanian mob, uh, Flora Talon, um, who were expected to beat them. But looking back last season, um, they got to the same round uh, qualifying, and it was uh, Mitterland, that uh, team it came up against. Danish team. Pash team. Aye, but they did, they did pretty well. They got quite far in Europe, and... Uh, yeah, the Red Imps where it was a one 0 and two 0 loss, so it wasn't you know it wasn't a heavy, heavy defeat from who were a decent European class side. Uh, I don't think we'll I don't think we'll scale them at all. I think it will be quite kind of close because again we'll still be kind of just finding our feet and um, 
but I, I can't really see us conceding goals or a goal at all. Um, I think it might be quite similar. I think it might just be a couple of goals. Um, but it'll just be kind of, I'll just try to adjust. I mean, it's, it's a competitive game now, so the last few games have been pre, I've just been friendlies and just try to get your fitness up. So uh, I think it's maybe a kind of continuation of that, but that kind of slightly competitive edge to it. Um, but I don't see us, I don't see us trouncing. We haven't actually trounced a team in qualifiers, really, have we? Like the qualifiers in the pre, no, 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 pre, no, just in qualifiers. Oh, right. like qualifiers the Champions League qualifiers over the last couple of seasons, there's not really a team of skill, does it? Even at the, even at this round, like the second round. No, because it was huffed the, and puffed past that Icelandic uh, moment last year. Say that one. So no, I, I don't think we have, but it would be a good marker to lay down to scud a few goals past this mob. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be frank. I mean, we're playing against. You know, they are Mil- a part time. Millport in the sun, right? I mean, it's it, see the notion that you you know you can't underestimate your opponents. If you can't underestimate a team from Gibraltar, then you shouldn't be anywhere near the Champions League. So what we should do tomorrow is just go mm-hmm. out, finish the game, and then that's the end of it. There's I, c- I can't. Can you envisage any scenario whereby we don't get past them? And if we don't get past them, Rogers should resign immediately. <laughs> Bring back Ronnie. That's what I'm hearing. Well, that's Plan C after you. Do you know? Yeah, well, I mean? yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but I would have Ronnie as my assistant. So he shouldn't resign immediately because we'll probably get tweets about that. That, that was that was a wee joke. But uh, I absolutely would. If <laughs> well, read in. it would it would be a bit of a disaster, wouldn't it? What have you done? Um, there is talk of maybe a four-two-two, but I think four-two-two. Uh, that would four be very good. Four-four-two, uh, so that uh, essentially I think people are thinking Griffiths has to play, and we want to see Dembele, so they're just hoping we'll play a four-four-two. But it's either they having to sacrifice Brown or Bitton, or it's one of them. They're going to have to be expected to kind of be further forward because they're going to have to be a link between them and the front two. Because if there's the two holders. And the two up front, there was going to be a huge big gap in the midfield between those two, which we could get overrun by. So it's a, a case of sacrifice. No, not against that mob. Maybe, but just in general, a four-four-two. Um, you still need one where it's more of a kind of box-to-box player, which Brown we've seen now. His his fitness, his kind of pace is kind of dipped down a little bit. Uh, I, I would actually, if it was to be something like that, I would have Bitton and McGregor. I think McGregor could be that. That mid, that kind of box to box midfielder, who I think would kind of work in well with a four four two. Sorry, that's all right. Um, four. If we play a four three three, right, instead of a four four two, I mean, I think Rogers has played a four three three. That was his preferred formation, wasn't it, at Liverpool and Swansea? If unless I'm wrong, you're going to need your fullbacks to work really hard. I mean, Tierney, I would say, is capable of doing that. I don't know about. Yanko, what do you think? Yanko gets gets something down the wing quite well. He is quite pacey. Um, it's just where he's got the discipline to get back quick enough if he loses the ball when he's up forward. Whereas Tierney seems to have that. I mean, the minute he loses that ball, he's busting his balls mm. to get back. As he was the was the worst for that. As he would be pushing forward whenever he would lose the ball, he would trot back. Mm. Whereas Tierney's got more of a fight. But obviously, being younger and fitter, he's obviously able to get back. Same with Yanko. I mean, Yanko's what? Is he even twenty? Is he twenty twenty one? Again, a real youngster. Um, mm. Obviously, he's just come back from a season kind of ankle break. So it's to see, 
it's just whether he can get back to well we've never really seen the, the, the full Yanko and what he can do so um, the fact that he's had a, a serious break might kind of set him back look what happened to Izzy when he broke his leg and he never really came back to the player that we had he looks like a, a great athlete but a lot of the time I watch Yanko and I just think one you don't particularly look like a strong defender and two you don't look that good in attack so I, I'm completely, you know, the jury's out for me with Yanko. I don't know if he's a, there's a player in there or not. We're basing that a lot on Man United fans who were disappointed when he left, apparently. But he's not really shown enough to think that he could command that position, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of people getting quite excited about um, about Yanko, e- even through just uh, pre-season. But I think that is very much just a kind of eagerness to, to for him to be good and because Lustig's getting older and we need a right back and he's kind of looked all right and as you say, Manu seemed quite disappointed to, to lose him. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the jury's very much out and it'll be a season that, that sees if he is good enough. Um, so, your lineup: Gordon, Tierney, Sviachenko, um, Ambrose just for a laugh <laughs> just for the giggles um, right back uh, depending on Lustig's fitness if he's fit I'd play him if he's not fit it has to be Yanko um, if we're going for a 4 I'll just do 4 2 three, one then um, I'd put McGregor and oh, do you want me to pick the one I want or the one that I think uh, it's going to be? Well, I picked you the can, one I think it's going to be. You can give us both. Go wild. Right, well, I'd, I'd, I would probably try Armstrong and McGregor in there um, because I think they drive forward better. Armstrong's look quite impressive in these preseason games. It'll probably be Brown and Beaton. Um, the front three... Well, just four two three one. I can't be bothered with four three three. The front three, I would, I would, uh, I would have um, Christie, Rogic, and Roberts, same as yourself. And then up front, uh, Griffiths is a man holding the jersey just now. Um, Dembele, from what I've seen on YouTube, um, looks pretty exciting. But that's never went wrong. That's never went wrong. I mean, Effie's YouTube video looked absolutely amazing as well. Um, so I I would start I would start Griffiths up front, um, but you know Dembele. I mean, if 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 he's if we're up at half time or whatever, yeah, get him on, see what he can do, and if he's got the level of talent he does. I mean, I know Griffiths scored forty goals last season, but you know he could be, you know, he could unseat him. You know, if he's got this level of talent, so I will go with that. I think we need that as well. Obviously, you've got to respect what Griffiths did last season, but we need a striker who's capable of being as good, if not better, than Griffiths. We can't just have Griffiths yeah. plus. So sh- we've tried to have lots of shite strikers that aren't quite good enough. So buying somebody who is capable of actually, um, as you say, unseating us from his position is what we need. And, and the thing about Griffiths as well is, despite, you know, his goal home, which was phenomenal last season, I think we've all, we, we can all acknowledge he's got a lot of weaknesses in his game as well. He's not particularly good in the air. He's not particularly good at holding the ball up. Not st- that strong either, you know, fantastic finisher. But at, in terms of the next level, if that's where we want to go to in the Champions League, you know, there would still be a question mark over whether Griffiths could perform at the necessary level. I'm not saying he couldn't, but we, we don't know. 
So, um, what do we... I know we've talked about the fact that we should be winning tomorrow. What's our predictions for, for results? <laughs> we'll talk about now. I'm thinking probably about two or three now. Two or three? Solid two or three? Solid two or three. Who's, who's getting those goals, Kieran? For a Griffiths hat trick. Why not? Four now. Oof. Bold. Four now. Two for Griffiths, two for Roberts. Of course. We Roberts base. Robbo. I think there's more chances for Roberts. You should go I think, than probably Roberts. I want each, I think. Six goals in nine, nine starts last season. The magician. He's a wizard. I'd love to know the Rodgers stats that I could fire back at you but I don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to beat that. <laughs> no, Rogic more than capable of, of scoring. I'm a big fan of Rogic. I'll be looking forward to being able to watch a, a kind of quality picture so I can actually see the game properly. I mean, when you watch the streams, the qualities, ah. they're not the greatest so you're kind of... Yeah, I've heard that from people who watch illegal streams. I would never do that, Kieran. That's immoral. That's immoral. People that watch Celtic TV within the United Kingdom and Ireland area, it's just it's just illegal. Don't watch Celtic TV. Oh, oh, the big I man. Watched some Rus- I, was, I was watching a Russian TV. I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> I was talking about people in general. But you're watching on Russian TV in Spain? No, here. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. But I was, I was watching Celtic TV as well in Spain, because I also didn't read that, but the quality's not much better, really. It's pretty much similar you get from your special streams over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye. Um, so, we've kind of touched on briefly with the question of who in the Euros we want, but who... Where do we need to where do we need to strengthen as a squad? Um and, and who so I know Chris Sarmani, very much dominant midfielder. Yes. Who is? Who who is the solution? The Welsh Chavi. Joe Allen. Joseph Allen. Get him in. Well, Break the bank. Desmond. Oh, fucking Get the old up. Come on, Desmond. We shows the fibre of your fabric. He's has he not been? I don't think he's been commented on that. But has he not come out and said he would like to join up with Rogers again? Desmond? <laughs> no, Alan. Like kind of paving a way to come to Celtic. But I've heard that. I mean, but I it was mean, something d- crazy that was not valued at fourteen million because of the euros. Yeah. We'll give him thirteen and a half. <laughs> Desmond, double D. We know you listen. Oh, he he tunes into all the hell hell media stuff. And if you're listening, get your hand in your pocket, Desi. Get it done. What's he on? What, 80 grand a week? Don't know. Maybe, uh, that's doable. That's doable. Sort it out and that'll be that. <laughs> that'll be that. That'll be that. That's it. There you are. Um, so, Joe Allen, do we... How realistic do, do we think that Joe Allen is possible? I know, obviously, he's way above our wage band and what we'd normally spend, but considering the fact we've brought Rodgers in... Mm. Um, but is he a dominant? He was not really a dominant midfielder, is he? It would be like a hard tackle, <laughs> like a kind of hard tackle and kind of tough somebody play orchestrate he's... play. I don't necessarily mean somebody who's going to. Don't you just power people? Can't be dominant. Aye, he's... well, a lot have got their their version, haven't they? So Ian Black still play for them. <laughs> <right>? no. <laughs> Aye, Joseph, Joseph Barton, but. I, I, I don't. He's, he's not really realistic, if we're being honest, Joe Allen. Um, but 
I mean, who else to be? I mean, do, I think you probably need to spend a bit of money on that position. I don't know who. I mean, you could take a punt on somebody like John McGinn, right? But that's a punt. Um, I know he looks good, but you're not guaranteed for him to walk into that position and change the team. Whereas I think, I think that's the one thing we've been crying out for. Somebody in the middle orchestrating play could really transform the side. Um, but that's the thing about our finances. You can't think of anybody who you could immediately go out and get and would be able to do that. You need to kind of stumble on somebody, somebody like Winyama. You know, we got him from the Belgian second division or something like that. Something like that. I mean, but you, you can't really pick any in that sort of market. No, do. Who's the next uh, Belgian second division classic player that we should... Rough Diamond, Sarmani. I've shortlisted him on Football Manager. Um, can't mind his name, though. <laughs> Sorry. Do I think as well, but, are we, but then are we confident that he's going to sell Bitton? Because he's already come out and he's, he's given his admiration for Scott Brown and it seems as if he wants to make Scott Brown his Stephen Gerrard. So that he's got a position, really. So regularly falling his arse in important <laughs> games, is that? Um, so then the other position would be Bitton. And, um, I don't know. Anyway. But then he's, he's made a lot of noise about Brown, but he's come into a team who very clearly had a, a dressing room that was um, a bit of a shambles. And he's praised the captain. I don't know if that's necessarily just him being smart or a definite sign of his intentions that, yep, Scott Brown's my man and he's going to be here. He also said that when he was at Swansea, um, I can't remember the captains, the, the, the centre-half that played at the back, but he dropped him for Stephen Cocker and said, if there's a player, I've got a player that's 18-19 and is better than the guy who's 28-29 playing in that position, I'll drop him. So that... That also says to me that he's prepared to take guys like Brown out, you know, if they're not performing. Um, but, you know, it's mixed signals from, from Brendan. I don't know what he's going to do, do you know? But um, When he first came in, he did say, but he also spoke about Brown. He mentioned that he's phoned Johansson and said to him, look, can I, well, I want to be part of the plans. Bitten was never mentioned. So, it's, to me, that seems as if and Bitton technically well I don't know if he is so much now but at one point he was our kind of main asset a main saleable asset mm. so it was almost like in a case of I think they said you'll get so much money and sell him and there's more money for you as well because he didn't really I've not heard him speak much of Bitton at all we were quoted i seen him linked with somebody I can't remember who six million quid did you take that? aye absolutely especially with especially with forms dipped over the last six months Swap for Joe Allen, would you take that? Swapping for Joe Allen? <laughs> Probably, aye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen, but there we go. Seems like I've really fallen out of favour with him really now. I was singing his praise when he first came in and all that, but now he I'm kind of... He was, he was fantastic, but he's... But his attitude's changed, I don't like that. His kind of attitude's been down the way, and like I said, he's been kind of quite lazy and strolling about games and stuff like that, and it's kind of... Better reminiscent of Kyle, you know, as well. He was... Um, Cock of the walk. Cock of the walk. Going to Man United for seven million quid or whatever, and then he's at Brighton now or something, isn't he? Uh, he's at Brighton. Uh, is he a captain? Aye, uh, but. Takes me off from Brighton. Brighton. It's a seaside town. I don't know what that's going to do, man. <laughs> You're on the coast, mate. <laughs> um, aye, but. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it, it, he could have a return to form and he could be 
this you could be another you could be back to being a phenomenal 10, 15 million pounds midfielder, you never know. Well I suppose we've got we've got to give it now until the end of August. Obviously uh, the transfer windows opened and we need to see we need to see more games now um, with the players. Now the pre season the pre season tours are kinda it's the start of it, it's just your fitness. Now it's kinda where the kinda performances need to start kicking in now. So the next over the next week, so obviously we've got two competitive qualifiers now we've got Wolfsburg and Leicester friendly so it's it's up in the kind of uh, opposition a bit more up in, up in the quality now so this the next week we'll see I mean all I suppose we'll also see as well a starting lineup on Tuesday and we'll see if that's that's a kind of anchor of maybe what his first 11 possibly will be for the season um, and just see how it kind of pans out over the next week or two so uh, I think the next week or two will be quite important to see how their season is kind of going to go and what kind of um, what Brendan Rodgers has got and in, in his vision into the squad and if they're picking it up and all that and if they're actually carrying it out and I think you'll maybe see the players and the kind of upcoming friendlies maybe looking a little bit more to impress them obviously they've got training but if they've got these games a bit closer to the season after some competitive games they might start to give a little bit more to try to say, this is what I can do. B-Dog. Have a look. B-Rodge. Um, aye. So, lost my train of thought. Uh, Twitter, that's where we'll go. We'll go to Twitter. Uh, we did have quite a few questions in, so apologies to anybody who we miss out. Um, Going to start off with... Uh, a little, little quote, first of all, uh, he's a Geary fanboy, Sir Manbot. Hello. Good to have you back. Can't wait for you to inject some negativity into the high spirits we all have. There you are. Thanks for that, he's a Geary fanboy. I'll be back more regularly this season, just to burst every bastard's bubble that's listening out there. <laughs> uh, Robert Sherry, the plate is Ouija, uh, going back to the Euros a little bit. Best game of the Euros? Personally, I enjoyed Spain, Italy, um, and Spain, Italy, Belgium. I just thought, from a, a tactical point of view, obviously having Italian heritage played a part in it as well. But from a tactical point of view, watching the way that was set up, um, the way the defence moved about, I thought it was just fantastic. Um, from an entertaining point of view, I don't know, <laughs> England, Iceland. Well, that, that that was comedy wise in terms of good football. Yeah. Portugal, Hungary, Hungary the six games. Uh, for me, Wales, Belgium. I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was a kind of everyone kind of had Belgium up the pedestal. I mean, they're number one in the world, and it was like, oh, it'll be their tournament. And then Wales just kind of showed them, said, no, they can't be beatable, and we're doing it. And it was a good, it was a good performance. Like I said, it wasn't a smashing grab and sitting so and uh, and part of the bus. They kind of went at them and gave them a bit of a game. Um, it was quite enjoyable to watch. But yourself? Actually, I, England, Iceland. I'm a better, better man. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, not just that's not just anti um, an anti English sentiment. It's it's just the media. I remember the France game before, um, and Henri's there uh, with the late who was there, Shearer, um I think who else anyway the English lads are like so uh, it'll be England France anyway you ready for that and uh, Henri had to kind of say well you've still got to play Iceland calm down a little bit 
Didn't say it like that. He said if I can do a wee But in the worst part as well, through the icing game, was, down. was not Glenn Hoddle at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> was also as well, the icing game at halftime, Glenn Hoddle had said, I don't know if, oh, maybe it was during the game, like, oh, I, when it comes to the France game, we'll need to, uh, Fraser Foster should be in ahead of Joe Hart. And it was like, you need to, you're actually too undoused at this point, and you're already speaking about the next level. It's like, oh, like it, just I, idiots. I remember ever I got interviewed after the, I uh, can't remember who they beat. Um, who who they played in the last group game doesn't matter. They, were, they said you know it'll be England and they, and they said well you need to get past Iceland first. You know what I mean? It was just a continual correction of the English media saying you've got a game to play before you play France, um, and then hilariously they get absolutely hostile. So I I agree that was a highlight of the tournament. Then. Uh, Daniel Miller, Danny Mill, 95. Uh, past two matches, I've seen Ambrose partner Big Eric. Am I the only one worrying? Sir Manny isn't. He would choose Ambrose, first choice, straight in there. First uh, name of the team sheet. Again, I mean, against Gibraltar Red Imps, I'm not worried. Going forward, Christ, you have to be worried, don't you? Talking about England and Iceland, and you're getting into the Red Imps. <laughs> The wee imps might do something here. All right, okay. Okay, we'll see. Jeez, oh. It's a British side, remember? Keen. Yeah, is that all right for the FA? But then, you've got to, like we were talking about on there, but the, the Olympics, I mean, he's going to the Olympics. I mean, I, I wonder when that's happened. There was like a kind of whole thing where we only have one defender for the qualifiers, but yet he's playing tomorrow, so... Was it there was talk he wasn't going to the Olympics? Yeah, I heard that. I'm sure I heard the talk that Celtic had refused it because also <laughs> we don't have any defenders. So it's kind of like, well, we've got kind of competitive games here and we need our centre halves. But realistically, just go and. Well, hopefully he plays. If we get past the Gibraltar Red Imps um, that we sign some defenders and if he can go to the Olympics one way, um, he doesn't have to come back. But. Um, I mean, if you're being honest, it's a worry that he's going to he's going to play uh, you know a prominent role in this season because you know we've all seen it. You'll get twenty minutes and you're like, oh, if he's a player, and then just explodes. I, I think Ben's a smart man. I think he's seen some of his performances. I, mean, I think Dale admitted that as well. He didn't want him after January. He was he was forced upon having to use him because everybody was getting injured, so he had no option. Um, so, but I think he was actually quite far out of the making a selection plane. That is a quick, because you've mentioned buying centre-backs, so we've, we've got um, Boyata and Yozo due to return in August, I'm going to say. Mm. I think is mm. their expect, expected time of arrival. Do we buy one, two centre-backs in the meantime, with those two coming back? Is that overkill? Sviachenko's there. He's one of your two. right? Hozo, we don't know. Boyata can go in the same plane as Ambrose, as far as I'm concerned. He's shite. So, I think we need to get rid of them too, and then you're going to need another centre half. Um, Maybe get higher. Well, so there's also a corner who's been given a bit of time for a corner. Mm. But I think again, again he has to because it's pre season, we've got no fit centre half, so obviously the youngsters, youngsters will step in. Quite surprised he's not using that. Is it Keller? Keller. Keller. I'm surprised um, he's not appeared at all yet. Quite just he's not quite young. No, I think he's only 17, 18, but from what I gather, he's a He's a bit of a force. He's a bit of a, a strong defender. Connell's a funny one as well. I mean, he's not looked bad when he's came through and he's played before, but he just he's just really slow. 
And if you're playing with Sviachenko, that's a very slow back line, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And if you're going to be playing this high-tempo stuff, you know, I don't know if two slow centre-halves is going to work. Did I, I haven't really noticed. Is Ayer quite quick? Do you know it's No. Can't remember. Nicky Beck and I obviously want to call back. Tweet Christian. Christian just tweeted. I don't know if you've seen. I didn't. I didn't. Ron, Ronnie's... Uh, Ronnie's close Ronnie's to gone, a job. Christian. That's the answer He's to your close, question. Close to taking a job, Valarenga or something in Norway. So, uh, good luck, Ronald. <laughs> is that his name? Or is it just Ronnie? Is Ronnie short for Ronald? I'm pretty sure it's just Ronnie. Let's ask Christian. Yes. If he does take the the Bromby job, that'd be quite interesting. They'd be having learned against each other. So would have. Who's your back? Ronnie. <laughs> I'd have picked Ronnie. No, no, I'd have picked Lennon. No, I'd have picked Ronnie. No. It's a Scottish Hibs, team Hibs, in Europe. Habs to beat Bromley. Lenzo. Lenzo's going to have them whipped right into shape. Training. Couple of hours training. Out to the boozer. The team that drinks together wins together. He's going for the Walter Smith method. That's what's going to happen. It'll work. Um, so I, uh, Daryl Hay. At H Darrell sixty seven, if Armstrong doesn't play in the middle, then what's the point of him being there, other than his cracking hair? Obvs, uh, and then <laughs> Commons WTF. I don't know if that's about Commons hair or just Commons in general. Uh, but Armstrong, if he's not in the middle, is there any point in him playing? Yeah, yeah. But then I suppose we don't. <sighs> Well, he's played Christie in the left an awful lot recently as well. I know the few that kind of preseason games. So, I, I mean, I don't know if Mackay Stevens been bombed out as well. I haven't seen him. But I don't know if he's fit. I um, think we should arrange a trip to the Olympics for a lot of shite players. Just put them in a one plane, go and support Effie, and then don't come back. But that like when you're little and you're told you, you, the dog, ah, he's just he's away to a big farm. Aye, those players are just off to the Olympics. Just don't worry. Olympics, they'll be back soon. Now, just leave them there. Bye, Effie. <laughs> I think uh, Armstrong played in the left, out uh, left for Dundee United at times as well, to t- t- decent effect. Again, under Rogers, a lot of these players, you know, who must didn't perform under Dyla, you know, there's a clean slate. You know, I think that was used as a defensive a criticism for Armstrong, especially for Gal because he fancies him. Um, you know, oh, he's not been played in his correct position. That's why he's no, he's not performing. Probably because he was playing under a Norwegian dud that he was that bad last season. So I don't know. I, I think we'll see what Rogers can do for him. Armstrong, you know, he's not impressed really so far in a Celtic strip. Big chance for him now to see what he can do under Rogers and maybe do that for the left I don't know uh, Stephen Hughes is asking we've kind of touched on this but Brendan seems quite keen on Bitton Johansson and Brown as a midfield free how do you see this evolving over the season do we think that's going to be the midfield free and do we think that will will change as he learns that they're all well, the pants it depends on whether Johansson isn't sold because Johansson is still kind of mumming that he might move to, I think, Galatasaray. Gar- I think there was links there, certainly. Links with them there. Um, I don't think that will, because uh, especially when it comes to kind of the Scottish football, you don't really need three central midfielders as such. You, you do want, you want to be more 
the kind of four two three one I think does, does quite work well for Scot in Scottish football because you can have the three th- the three kind of attackers with the striker, so we can have four up four up top as such. So, um, but with the kind of I think with the midfield three, you can take away that kind of hole behind the striker that. I suppose Johansson, would, and if he was part of three, he should have been about that. So although it's a midfield three, I think Johansson should be kind of pushed forward a lot more in that kind of number 10 role. But, but then there's all kind of the, the kind of um, furore around uh, Dembele and just how good he is. So, I mean, if you're doing a 4 3 3, I mean, where does Dem- I mean, is it going along the line of Dembele plays up front and uh, Griffiths is going to be out in the wing more often? So then again, that's then less your then less your strikers, your your wingers are getting used like your Christie's, your Allen's, your Rodic, your Patrick Roberts. All them are then going to be vying for one position. Yeah, we've so got a, a question kind of touching on that as well. Sherm at Pdizzle eighty eight. Uh, Griffiths on the right and no Roberts in the team. Surely not. Uh, by the way, love the pod. Glad you're back. We're glad to be back. Um, yes, we are. But so if if we had Dembele up front. Griffiths in the right and Roberts pushed out. Do you think that's stupid? Roberts is, if not our best player, one of our best players. Creatively, leaving him out of teams just madness. If you ask me, I know. So is it? I know you don't rate him as highly, Kieran and, and Louis, but you're wrong and I'm right. You're wrong as always. Sorry, <laughs> not always. Not always. <laughs> I stoke, mate. So, um, <laughs> so do we think Dembele's one that we should just be kind of seasoning in? So Griffiths is your first up, first choice up front. Dembele just getting the thirty minutes here and there, and we'll see how that progresses. You'd have to think so, yeah. Um, I really don't see them going to be playing two up top together. Um, I don't think he ever did that with Liverpool or Swansea. I think it was always kind of one, it was a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one. It was always one striker. It was never two strikers side by side. Um, but I mean, it would be good kind of competition for Griffiths because Griffiths could have had it not quite easy, but he had it relatively easy last year because there was no real threat to him. Mm. Obviously, the fact he scored all the goals was kind of a bigger help, but there was nobody else there of any kind of quality that was kind of try to push him out whereas Dembele obviously with a bit more quality possibly make people may argue is probably better than Griffiths but might not be as a goal as a, as a goal machine as Griffiths slow down freight train barely seen the guy play I know <laughs> but um, but from, from all the remarks you can hear he is meant to be a quality player so you okay you're going by the remarks and stuff like that but um, obviously when you come to the, Scot- the Scottish League um, there'll be well, it's not going to be easier for him. Well, I'm not going to say that, but there's, there could be more chances of him getting more goals. Um, so he needs to take, uh, take those chances um, and give a bit of a challenge to Griffiths. So Griffiths will... But then that could be a good competition for Griffiths. Like you said, there's there's weak points in Griffiths' game that Rodgers might see and might help him to improve. And with them barely being there, it might force him to kind of... What do you think do about that? just playing them barely in the cup games initially? So just... He has the cup. Griffiths is the. Well, look what Dyla did, did uh, last year. Shifty, well, Shifty got the first. He got all the qualifiers. Then he did have a seven-game ban in the league. So because maybe he he mm-hmm. played he played like against the Icelandic mob. He played against the mob after that. 
I think he even played the playoff as well. I think all six European games he started. And it was terrible. Well, didn't, I didn't really get, didn't score any. Did he score any goals? This is his season, so Manny. It's too late. So he might do the same with Dembele. He might say to Griffiths, like, look, I know, what, I know what you can do. I've seen what you can do, and you know what sales all about. Whereas Dembele might be given to say, might say to Dembele, like, you can have a few games in Europe and shows what you can do. The thing, though, is, I mean, he was, there was a lot of eyebrows raised at him coming here. As opposed to, I mean, he was linked with Arsenal just before we signed him. He was linked with Bayern, some Tottenham well. in January for six million. It was he was linked with big clubs, so it's entirely possible that the reason he's came here is because Rodgers has said, "I'm going to play." Um, so we don't really know. I mean, would he come here if Rodgers says, I'll, "I'll develop you through the season and you'll get some game time"? It, it, it might be that that was a proviso. He says, "You're going to be our main man," you know. But he may have good advisors to say, like, you've got all these big clubs, but realistically, you're not going to get starts and you'll be barely getting any kind of game time. Whereas if you go to Celtic, there's more of a chance of you breaking into the team because you're possibly better than most of the players up there. So you can your, your quality will shine out and you'll probably force your way in. So he's probably said, you're going to get more chance of game time at Celtic than you are going to get Arsenal, Spurs or Munich because they see you as a youngster with potential, but... When did the big clubs like that ever put youngsters straight into their team? No. They were farming back out for loan more again. Maybe maybe in the Premier League rather than the Championship this time. So the probably had said, I'm only guessing, but they may have good decent advisors that said, no, Teeter's time off at Celtic. And they've probably shown people like Wanyamas and Van Dykes and Fossers the fact that you can go to Celtic, you can perform, you develop, and then you can get yourself a good move down mm. uh, back down south. So... Show them a wee DVD of Liam Miller and Islam Farouz. Yeah, you may want to hide it. <laughs> well, that's more. Look, you le- you don't you don't spend your time at Celtic. You go too big too soon. Uh, ruined, pal. Ruined. Um, Shia Legal, i.e. at the Galatron. Um, if we don't sign from Bonkinson, blue blue blue, from Bonkinson, um, should Celtic disband as a football club? Next question, please. So that's a yes from Kieran. From <laughs> Not a question, next one. <laughs> next, uh, next question, please, Christopher. If we don't sign Jordan Larson, should we all just chuck it? Uh, yeah, who is a swallopper? He's, he's adding in, you know who his dad is, right? Uh, because the children of famous footballers are always great. Really? Jordy Cruyff, was he great? Uh, see, you might be getting his point here. That might be the point here. No, no, we'll wait a minute. Do we think this is a little... Tony Hately, Mark Hately, Cesare Maldini, Paolo Maldini. Oof. I think we're taking a punt here, you know. Let's get... His dad was great, so... There's a one in a hundred chance that he'll be good or something. Get Jordan in, and if we don't, chuck it. Absolutely. Paul Douglas, Kenny. Was that right success, Paul Douglas, wasn't he? Jesus. Gordon Strachan's son, did he not play? So the fact <laughs> you had to ask a question did Gavin, <laughs> Gavin Strachan I think his name was then you had Darren Ferguson and he says eventually he went you're shite I'll just make you an agent <laughs> we can like uh, Mourinho uh, M-O-O R-N-H-O at Scott at Scott Moore or Moore uh, what do you think of the Scott Sinclair rumours yeah or nay it's a big nay for Scotty boy. Um, he can't make an impact at struggling Villa. I'd take him up here to play in the left. To play in the left to complement Patrick Roberts on the right. Roger to the middle. So 
Auntie Christie hates Ryan Christie, Kieran Harrant. That's what I'm hearing from that. Right. I'd take him too. Um, performed under Rogers in the past. Who is impressed at Villa? They're an absolute basket case of a club. Well, they have been. They might be. They've got a new owner. They might things might change down there. But I mean, that was just the worst possible environment he could have moved to. So, when he hold that against them. Speaking of Villa as well, I don't know if we'll get any tweets about it, but um, Petrov uh, mm-hmm. got a, got a game in for them, so that's great news. Well and done. a goal as well. Scored. Aye, right? scored. Aye. I think it was an eight eight nil. Um, 8-0 pumping for Villa. It's not often you get to say that, but <laughs> aye, great to hear. Um, Davy McGran, uh, does the lack of signing worry worries? Are we worried? That's at Big Daddy Pedro sixty seven. Thought I had to get that. In. <laughs> uh, are we are we perturbed by the lack of signings? No, not yet. Because we, I mean, we've got a we've got a relatively good squad there. That just obviously didn't they didn't, didn't perform to the, the potential we think we know they have last year, so does there is a, there is work there for Rodgers to work on to get kind of performances out of, out of players. So we can't go go start kind of getting rid of tons of players and saying lots. You can't have a kind of big transition like transition like that. Usually it's kind of a bit part through the kind of the season. So um, I mean the only slight worry would be the centre half, a situation we've got just now. Um, like we've really only got Sviachenko and that's it. Um, maybe Yozo, but I don't know. Do we hold out much for Yozo, fitness-wise? I mean, I don't think he's been fit since he got here, really. So it's impossible to make a judgment on him. Um, I'm not worried yet either. I mean, that squad is massively underperformed. See if you can get a lot more out of them. Do you know what I mean? I don't. As you say, the centre half is a worry. You don't know about that long term I think we'll need to strengthen there but I don't think it always works if you sign lots of players it's exciting but we saw what Dyla did when he first came in buying uh, bringing in all the loan players Wacaso Tonev uh, Berget none of these didn't work so bringing a lot of guys into a squad doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be it's going to be a positive thing so I've not got a great concern just now yeah. I, I think um, Rogers has said as well he doesn't want a huge volume of players just a couple of additions of quality so we've got Dembele technically we've got Ayer in um, as you say it's a midfielder that can actually boss a game which we might have in that squad that just needs a little bit of work um, maybe a winger but probably not and still deductions the biggest thing they say that themselves that the squad was far too heavy Yeah, we need so to trim, the fat. trim that I've not. There's not nobody really apart from obviously the two or three that have left, like Cole and Richards, and that. There's not really any more kind of been linked by moving away. So he's still. We've lost the skip, which uh, to my mind is the biggest blow to the Rogers era so far. Skipless. It's a big blow to this podcast, seeing as we coined them the skip. Well, I don't know if we did, but we're we're taking credit for it anyway. But I think a lot of us hung our hat on the skip, and it didn't work out. And uh, I'm pretty upset about it. I don't know about you. Yeah. I don't think that's the skeps' fault. I think that's a series of managers. Um, whether, it be, whether it be Ronnie, whether it be Brendan Rogers, he's already failed in my book. <laughs> the skeps got. Him. I think you should bring Tony Watt back in. Do you know, there's a lot of potential <laughs> there. What? Uh, that's like, what is he doing now? Is he not still at Charlton? Blackburn, I want to say. We'll find that out. Stokes. Stokes. I think he's joined with Stokes. 
I've got a funny feeling Watts went to Blackburn with Stokes. Hang on. I've got this thing in my phone. Maybe it's just these things I keep making. Called Google. Other search engines are available. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, whilst you're checking that. Hang on, I go on Yahoo here. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Mick at Komsky. uh, We still got chat. 90. Is for Manbot glad he'll have another season of Franny Spud at Roma? Francesco Totti. Big Franny Spud. Um, aye, I mean, I don't want him ever to retire. Uh, last season, he, he looked he looked his age, I think. I don't think he's going to play a huge role at Roma this season. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's getting a swan song. Um, just, you know, he's one of these players, I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan, you know what I mean? But he's he's been... He's played for Roma since we were young guys, you know, and you've seen him play, and it's always sad to see guys that you've kind of grown up loving watching retire, because it also means that we're becoming all bastards, you know what I mean? So, but no, no, it'll be good, it's good to see him. But I reckon that's probably will be his last season because his his legs seem to have gone a bit. Yeah, um, and Totti is a funny one because he's people have been saying he's passed his best since he's been about twenty five or twenty six. <laughs> I don't know why, um, but aye, great player. Uh, again, Big Mick, why is Kieran so angry? Freight chain. Why are you so angry? Is it just the power? Is it the power of the freight? Oh, it is. It's probably the power just coming out of my voice. It just sounds like yeah. he's anger. A, he's a happy man. I'm always happy, This man. is him calm. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him go full freight chain. It's a <sighs> sight to behold. Furniture well, getting thrown everywhere. Madness. Oh, that was, that was, Good number of years ago. <laughs> so it did happen. <laughs> oh, it did happen, aye. To be fair, it was plastic patio, by patio chairs and tables, so it's not really impressive. Still are impressive. You, are, did you go to the, uh, the Euros to support England this <laughs> summer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Boud, uh, haven't you took over from Gal as El Jeffy of the Cynic? Uh, I am the chief. I am the puppet master pulling the strings from beyond. Gal is merely a puppet. He's a pawn in the overall game of the cynic. Exactly. Game of cynics. <laughs> right, so, um, what else have we got here? That's really... Um, Stephen Cavani has a tweet where he's talking about another tweet where he was dingy the peach, and it's going to happen again. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Uh, we're pretty much done for time, so do you guys have uh, any final uh, final thoughts either on what's happened pre-season Euros or going forward into the, the coming season? No, I'm just still still kinda kinda on a bit of a high of Rogers being the manager and I'm just looking forward to seeing to seeing more Celtic kinda the proper games, not these kinda dodgy Viewings you have to get online. I want to see proper. He's <laughs> still pers- talking about illegal activities on Parkhead <laughs> or on quality TV channels that are aired in Britain. But um, no, I'm really excited for what's coming ahead. I think it's going to be. I think the other big, the other big thing will be is the whole kind of almost a full house now. So I think what, what, what was the was the rumours where there was like fifty odd thousand season tickets have been sold. Yeah, is that yeah. the, the, the rumour was, yeah. and that's kind of what they're saying. I mean, that I mean, so that alone, I mean, it's going to be immense. It's immense, so it is. Um, and when it comes to 
league games and kind of European games kind of having that full house again and it'll be interesting to see the whole standing standing, uh, standing section as well the safe standing to see how that actually transpires and works out so uh, it seems to be all geared up for quite a good exciting season ahead of us now for for a wee change <laughs> um, um, and kind of can't wait for it to kind of kick on and start So Manny? Totally echo that um, really exciting what Rogers can bring Full stadium is going to be a big thing. The standing section could be fantastic in terms of the atmosphere. Um, signing a guy like Dembele, you know, I mean, it's, it shows that we've got a level of ambition back. There seems to be, uh, you know, there's a buzz about the club. We've also got our um, resurrected rivals um, in the top league, um, which will be interesting. Um, and we'll, they've got their... Mouthpiece in the middle, Joey Barton. He he always makes for good value. Whether he's tweeting about hating the monarchy or something like that, you know. So it's shaping up. It could be. It it really could be a fantastic season. And I'm much the same as you. The minute the game finished last night, I immediately turned my attention. I was like, "This is it. This is the real football starting again." We've got the game on Tuesday, where, as you say, we'll get a wee a wee glimpse of you know what's what sort of style, what sort of shape we might take under Rodgers and. Just bring it on, can't wait. Good stuff. Uh, those listening on Tuesday who haven't um, seen, because you've been under a rock, BT Sports will be showing the game, <laughs> so you can get it watched. BT Sports 2, I believe. Oof, there we go. Precise. Kieran Harren, thank you very much for your time. Been a pleasure as always. At the Kieran Harren, or at Kieran Harren, I should say, not there. Uh, Chris Armani, thank you. Thanks for having me. At I am in agreement and I'm at the Chris Bowd. You can follow 90 Minute Cynic at 90 Minute Cynic. There's a Facebook page, there's an Instagram, there's all the chat on the social media. So get it done. Thank you very much and um, good luck to the boys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>